Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment. This is episode number 58. 58? It says 87. 87. Yeah, Ian's like, man, where'd you get that? Number? <laughs> I, no, I, I looked down and saw 87 and I said 58. Scratch that, Eric. We're off to a good start, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you have a question you want us to answer here on the podcast, just send an email to podcast at Mach1FG.com. If you want to learn more about your financial future, you can schedule a free consultation with any of our advisors here at Mach 1 with absolutely no obligation. Just head to Mach1FG.com for more information. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment. We're on episode number 87 and today we're excited for everyone to join us. We're going to be talking about the Fed, raising rates, how does that impact you, who is the Fed, what do they do, all things Federal Reserve. I know that sounds super exciting, but I think it'll be a good conversation. David, yeah, how absolutely. are you doing today? No, I agree with what you just said. Um, you know, we all hear about the Fed and this, this stuff called QE. We're going to get into some of that stuff today. And But I think a lot of people listening maybe don't really fully comprehend why or how the Fed impacts their daily life. So I'm looking forward to today's podcast and talking about this a little bit today. Yeah, absolutely. We also have Eli Freeman, newest advisor here at Mach 1 on the podcast today. Eli, anything new in your world? <laughs> no, nothing new. Excited to be here. Yeah, the, Still trying to buy a house, right? Still, <laughs> still trying to buy a house. So this, this, this directly... Is a timely, relevant. He's going to be our real world example of today's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so um, it's going to be a good conversation. As we talked about, it's, uh, you know, talking about the Federal Reserve and the Fed has recently indicated that, you know, they expect to soon start raising rates, right? The question I think is now more of not are they going to but just how many times how much, like yeah. how much are they going to increase rates what is inflation going to look like and so the federal reserve chairman you know jay powell um in the fomc meeting which is kind of an open forum q a um, type setting recently kind of explained why they think it may be time to start raising rights so let's let's listen to this real quick in light of the remarkable progress we've seen in the labor market and inflation that is well above our two percent longer run goal the economy no longer needs sustained high levels of monetary policy support. That is why we are phasing out our asset purchases and why we expect it will soon be appropriate to raise the target range for the federal funds rate. With that, we're going to cover what all of this means, both in the short term and long term, you know, really kind of looking at things through the consumer lens, right? So there's a lot of different ways, angles we could look at conversations that can come out of you know, the, you know, Jay Powell's comments and what the Fed impacts and their decisions and their thought process. But today we want to really highlight the, you know, you and we as the consumers, how does it impact us from a spending standpoint, from a borrowing standpoint, um, you know, related to mortgages, bonds, debt, credit cards. I mean, all of this stuff is going to change relative to what we've kind of been used to over the last few years. So to toss it out before we get into that and, and too deep, David, give us a quick 
rundown of kind of who the Federal Reserve is and what is their purpose in the whole, this whole okay. thing. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, it's important to understand the Federal Reserve, even though they've got that name federal in them, they're not part of the federal government. Right. It, it's uh I hate to uh, describe it this way, but I think it's very true. The Fed is basically a private banking cartel. You know, you think about um, OPEC, right, mm -hmm. is a, a cartel that, especially back in the day, had a lot of power and control over the price of oil because they would all, all these different companies would collude together to determine what the price of, and they, you know, what the price of oil was going to be, and they would kind of set the market for the price of oil. Well, what does the Fed do? They're a private cartel of banks that sets the price of money. So they also happen to be the, uh, you know, primary lender, source of lender to the United States Treasury or to the United States government. So, um, so yeah, the Fed has a, a major, major impact on the market and the economy because of the role that they, uh, the function that they fulfill within the economy in terms of setting, setting the price of money, which is interest rates, which is what that uh, soundbite that we just listened to was all about, about how the Fed is going to, is soon to raise interest rates. Right. So Eli, what, you know, the last few years is pretty good, pretty, been pretty solid from a consumer standpoint in terms of borrowing money, right? Mortgages at all time lows, you can get money cheap and easily. Why would, why would the Fed want to raise rates? Like what is the benefit of what are they trying to do by raising rates? Well, yeah, you, you described it. It's mortgages are an all time low. That, that's correct. But what are housing prices doing right now? They're going to all-time highs right now. Similarly, if you go into consumer products, going to the grocery store, buying used cars, anything along those lines, that's going to be at an all-time high. And so one of, the, one of the Federal Reserve's tools or one of their measures that they look at is what is the inflation rate? And last year it was at an all-time, or not an all-time, but a very much higher than what they want it to be. They want it to be at around 2%. Yeah, like you said in that soundbite, 2% is their goal. Mm -hmm. and, and it was at 7% last year. Yeah. So if you look at what are the tools that the Federal Reserve has, there's three basic ways that they can do it. It's open market operations. It's where they buy, sell government securities. Another one is the discount rate. That's what we're talking about right now. They're going to raise the discount rate. The third is going to be the reserve requirements, and that just has to deal with banks and how much they need to keep on reserves. But right now, they're raising the discount rate, hoping to decrease inflation. Yeah. So basically, to summarize that, correct me if I'm wrong, but money's come easily and cheap. Yeah. Right? So therefore, it's driving the price of goods up. Mm -hmm. So now they're saying, oh, shoot, we need to maybe make money not as easily accessible and not as cheap hoping we can kind of curtail the rising prices of groceries and everything. Yeah. So it, it's one of the primary tools they have to fight inflation. Right. That's mm -hmm. what we're all, what we're saying here. Right. Yeah. Like you were just like both of you guys were correctly stating it, when interest rates are extremely low, like they have been for some time now, money is cheap, almost free. Right. When you've got zero percent interest rates. Um, and so that drives asset prices up. People buy more house or more car or more whatever, than they could before when because money is so cheap. So you start to raise those interest rates up, that starts to necessarily slow down asset purchases, housing. And and, and by the way, I will I'll say I mean I, I think it needs to happen. I mean, to bring this down to a personal level, I mean, talk real briefly if you would, Eli, just about what you're <laughs> and you know, anybody listening to this can probably just see what's happening in the in the housing market, but 
you know, here's a real life example of, of how it's impacting young home buyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, my fiance and I are looking to purchase here in the Northwest Arkansas area and we had to make offers on, I think we made it into the double digits that we made offers on. We're getting beat out by investors across the world because they're able to borrow at a low interest rate. They're able to rent it out or, or just sit on it and sell it for higher appreciation. So raising that interest rate is going to decrease the amount of people who are able to buy, rent, sell eventually down the line just because it makes it harder to purchase. Yeah. So where I was going with that is, you know, the Fed, I, I kind of agree with them. They actually do need to raise interest rates mm-hmm. because you've got to cool down this housing market because you've got young people like Eli and his soon to be bride that are getting priced out of the, out of the market because they, they can't get into a house because the, um, you know, the asset levels have been blown through the roof. Well, and the economy can sustain it now. Yeah. Back in March of 2020, when the world sh- shut down, there yeah. wasn't as much business. Right. But, but now there's business and it's growing and then employment is going up and unemployment's going down. So it's it's able, the economy is able to withstand it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, talking about rising rates obviously impacts mortgages, credit card rates, personal loans you know, basically borrowing of any kind is going to, is going to be more expensive a year from now than it is today. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> barring some it's probably a pretty crazy safe scenario yep. where everything flips upside down. I mean, that's the truth. So, you know, I, I, one takeaway is if you're thinking about making larger purchases, you know, at least considering it, considering doing it sooner rather than later, if you're going to have to borrow money right now, the flip side is inflation is high. Prices are high. But may, weighing that and measuring that against what is it, what could it cost me to borrow the same amount of money a year from now yep. versus today? Yeah, and kind of, you know, case in point, if you look at the average, I've got some data here in front of me. The average uh, mortgage rate for a 30-year mortgage right now is 3.73. Just one month ago, according to bankrate.com, it was 3.24. So it's gone up, you know, half a percent. Uh in a month. In a month. That's yeah. significant. Oh, that's and, and that's if you start doing the math on that, I encourage yeah. people to do. You know, if you go buy a, a four hundred thousand dollars house at a three and a quarter versus a three and three quarter rate mm-hmm. on a thirty year, different interest over that time. Yeah, I mean, look at the more. payment. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a couple two three hundred dollars more per month. Yeah, for thirty years. Yeah. Um, so it's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars right. more interest over time. Yeah. So um, to your point, Matt. I mean. If you're thinking about, so what do I do about this? Yeah, the Fed's saying they're going to raise rates. What do I do about it? Well, if you're, you know, if you are in the housing market or if you're in the market to buy a house for a, uh, as an investment or as a residence, uh, it's probably time to, to do that sooner rather than later because rates are already on the way up. The other thing to think about is, is refinance. If you want to talk about that briefly, Eli. Yeah, and, and I, I want to echo this. I, in December, I had a rate locked for a purchase of a house, and it, it fell through, and I'm 60 basis points higher. So I'm, I'm 0.6% higher on my, on my rate now that I'm in January and closing on a house. But if, if you are going to, if you're sitting at a higher rate, we don't anticipate that rates are going to be any lower than this, not for a, a good while, unless f- something crazy happens in the, in the economy. So now would be the time that you should refinance, get a lower rate, lock that in for 30 years. So, so if you're thinking about borrowing money, we're not encouraging people to go out and right. borrow money by any stretch, but there's very valid, legitimate reasons to borrow money, purchases that people need to make. And if you're, if you have those coming up, I mean, there's, there's an argument to make 
saying that maybe you should look at doing that sooner rather than later. That's right. And kicking that can down the road. Because, especially in the Northwest Arkansas area, David, this is something we've talked about a lot lately. The growth that people are expecting around here, I mean, even as crazy as it seems like prices, home prices, just because rates rise doesn't mean those are going to come down. I mean, a year or two from now, prices very easily could be higher than where they're at. That's right. Um, with just increased of the, rates. Just because right. of the demand, right? Just because of the with, growth. Even the, with the, the rising rates. Right. Yeah. So you never want to have that, you know, um, mindset of, oh, I'm going to try to time this perfect. Right. right? Like if if it's if you're going to buy a house, go buy a house, try to lock in a lower rate. Um, that would be something. Now, the flip side to all of this, and we see this daily, right? We work with a lot of uh, investors, retirees, our clients. Like We're constantly getting the question of, hey, where can I put this cash or where can I put this safe money and get a decent rate on it or right. So this is the flip side. The consumer low rates is a great place to be. If you're a consumer and you're borrowing money and spending money, if you're a retiree investor, just looking for a safe yield, you're, you're drooling over the idea of <laughs> rising rates and being able to say, Hey, yeah. maybe I could get two or three, four or 5% in a safe way. Yeah. So talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Th- uh, real quick, before I go there, the other thing I want to say about rising rates, the other, the other side of the coin, or you might even say the third side of the, uh, of this is if you have consumer debt, like credit card debt, you mm-hmm. want to, you know, try to get yourself out of that debt right. ASAP because, because rates are going up and that's going to cost you more. So if you're trying to buy an investment like a house or an investment property, do it sooner rather than later, lock in a long-term loan, yeah, like you were saying. Rate that, yeah, yeah, the fixed rate long-term loan. If you have consumer debt, credit card debt, get it paid off quickly um, but then, uh, to your point, you know, if you're a retiree or just, you know, someone who's trying to live off of interest, you've got cash sitting in the bank or cash sitting somewhere, this could potentially play out in your favor. It, I say potentially because we really don't know how much the Fed is going to raise rates by. If they raise them significantly, and which would really slow the economy down, that would be good for savers because you could at least get some kind of yield on your savings. That's what you're right. That's what you're yeah. talking about. Right. Matt? Exactly. Yeah. My hunch, however, is just me. And, you know, it's always uh, interesting to make predictions that are on a recording like a podcast, <laughs> because then you can go back to them and see how wrong or how right you were. My belief though, is that um, the fed, while I think they are going to do some kind of a, interest rate increase i think it's going to be really small just my gut feeling and the where i come from in that we've talked about this on previous podcasts is we've got such a massive amount of debt uh remember how we said we started the podcast earlier by saying that the fed is the primary lending source to the government so what they do is they create money out of thin air they create it on their balance sheet and they primarily you know loan it to the government by buying treasuries with it well a lot of those treasuries are uh, short-term, relatively short-term treasury. So as those treasuries come due and have to be refinanced, if you're in a rising interest rate environment, that's even more, um, you know, debt service uh, that ha- that the government has to bear. So my hunch has been the f- while the Fed will inter- raise rates, they're not going to raise it by much because the government can't afford it to go up by much. But, yeah. you know, time will tell. Yeah, unfortunately, the government's not in a debt reduction program yeah. where they're like aggressively trying to, yeah. pay, you know, they're only going the other direction. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to say there. And then something we also touch on a lot is how 
rising rates impacts the fixed income market, right? And bonds in particular, yes. right? So with bond prices and rates and interest rates being inversely correlated, you know, as, as a bond investor or bond holder, it can be a tough spot. Yeah. It doesn't mean the world's going to come crash now, but it can be a tough spot to be where you, you own something that depreciates in value as rates rise. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're sitting there on a large bond position, you own a bunch of, you know, especially a bunch of individual bonds that's not being actively managed by a bond portfolio manager or somebody, then you could be highly disappointed over the next couple of years as you're just sitting there and watching the, you know, the value of those bonds to go down as rates rise. And if you bought it over the last couple of years, the chances are your coupon rate is not very good. So it's yeah. like you're not getting paid very much to own a depreciating asset. And so just something to be aware of. We talk, we talk about a lot in the office. We do talk about it a lot. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast over time about how we don't think bonds are a good asset class in general right now because of the problem that you just said. As interest rates go up, the bonds are going to go down. So, um, you know, that's where we use, as you've heard before, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, we use indexed annuities as an alternative to bonds. And then uh, for equities, we believe in, in hedging because with all the risks that we've got out there today from, you know, What's the Fed going to do relative to interest rates? What's inflation going to do? Is there going to be another COVID variant that causes a shutdown? Is there going to be war in the Ukraine? I mean, you could just go down oh, yeah. a laundry list of risks that are in the in the world today. So that's you know why we believe in hedging, and that also explains why we believe in index annuities as opposed to bonds. Right, and that that is currently we're we're not we're not married to saying that bonds are a terrible investment if they do become it if there is a time that bond rates increase maybe it does become a time where there it's good for us to invest in bonds but currently not we're currently. not yes, yeah not yeah currently. yeah in a in a rate environment where if you were sitting at a higher rate you could get that kind of a coupon and you expected rates to go down right that That's that different. would be a great thing hey different. i can get a five six seven percent coupon Rates are going to go down. The value of my bond will only appreciate like that's, and that's why you've seen going back to the seventies and eighties, right. a bond bull market. We've been in the biggest bond bull market ever, right? Basically, since uh, the end of the Jimmy Carter uh, presidency. It, for those of you listening that may may remember the end of the Carter years, the beginning of the Reagan years, I can remember my grandparents going to the bank and buying double digit CDs, oh, yeah. right, where yeah. you're getting. 10 plus percent interest on a CD. Well, ever since that time, early 80s, interest rates have gone down from double digits to, you know, steadily, steadily downward. And then after the 2008 market crash, they really took a nosedive. And so that, those interest rates steadily going down over the last 30, 40 years has created that bond bull market that you referred to, Matt. But now we're at the interest rate floor, right? Yeah. We're, we're at the zero floor. It's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be tough in bonds. As a bond investor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I encourage anyone to go look, just go Google like yeah. uh, the, the last 30 or 40 year, like average 30, 30 year mortgage rate on a chart and just kind of swat, see the trend line, you know, of how it went from mid teens, slowly trickled all the way down to almost zero over the last, you know, five to 10 years. So really interesting stuff. Hey, guys, any other, any other thoughts or comments on the fed rising rates, um, that you want to throw out before we wrap up today? Yeah, so I think for my final thought, I'd just say it is important what the Fed does. It's probably more important today than it's ever been because the Fed has, um, unfortunately, uh, kind of their the interest rate decisions that they make, the various decisions that they make, have um, 
an increasing amount of importance on how the market behaves. So it is important to keep an eye on what the Fed is doing and, um, you know, make, make sound decisions based on, uh, based, on those mark, based on those decisions that the, uh, that the Fed is making. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, David. Great point. I, really good conversation. Very important conversation. It'll be interesting to see how all of this unfolds. We'll have to do several more Fed. I'm, I know we will, but several more Federal Reserve related podcasts over the course of this year. Maybe we can go back and listen 12 months from now to this one. <laughs> and see what's come to fruition and how things have and changed. And see if my prediction about what yeah. the Fed would actually do came true. <laughs> yeah, we, we may or may not hold you accountable. but um, So great conversation. We appreciate everybody coming out, um, checking out the podcast. Re- would love for you to like it, share it, subscribe to it. Um, we, we really appreciate all the listeners. Final thought of the day. This one's from St- Stanley Druckenmiller. He's a super famous, very rega- highly regarded uh, money manager. And he said, earnings don't move the overall market. It's the Federal Reserve Board. Focus on the central banks and focus on the movement of liquidity. Most people in the market are looking for earnings and conventional measures. It's liquidity that moves markets. So uh, there's arguments to be made, both sides there. But I think just related to today's podcast, it was an interesting quote and thought talking about you know, liquidity and how the Fed is going to yeah. handle things. We need to have an artificial intelligence algorithm that predicts Fed that moves. Predicts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get, we'll ask Wayne Ferbert to get yeah, to work on that. Right. So, all right. Well, appreciate you guys uh, listening to the podcast. We look forward to you joining us next time. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advice regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mock-1financial.com slash disclosures.